0: Because aging starts
1: now. Hi, everyone. I'm Dana Henschel and I'm the outreach coordinator for Takeus McGinnis Elder Care Law. We get calls from people asking about life estates and ladybird deeds, and then we realize that we had not yet broached this topic on a podcast. So today, partner and certified elder law attorney Barbara McGinnis is going to chat about that. So Barbara, let's start simple. What is a life estate?
2: A life estate um, is used in deed work sometimes when we're wanting to make sure that property. Can be conveyed, given to uh, our intended heir, but we don't want to give away all of our rights. Let's say I want my children to have my house when I pass away or my farm or whatever, when I pass away, I may go ahead and instead of giving them all of the rights to the property, which would be extremely risky and bad tax idea, I give them what's called a remainder interest and I retain a life estate. That's the right to continue to live in that house, on that property, obligates me to continue to maintain the property, pay taxes, pay insurance, keep it in good repair. But for as long as I'm able to live there and I do those things, my children couldn't kick me off of my property. The other thing it does for you is that it allows the children at your death to receive a step-up-in basis of that property. And that's very important. That relates to how much did I buy the property for? How much is the property going to be worth at my death? And, you, and you're and you able to step up from the low basis of purchase to the higher basis of date of death value, um, So that's a good tax move for for your children. I would, I can't imagine a situation where I would recommend that you just give your property to your children. A life estate may be a reasonable way, a simple way to convey that kind of title. Dana, was that an okay answer? Do you understand what a life estate is now?
1: I I do understand what a life estate is um, now. I do, if you could just explain just a smidge more about the tax basis. So if someone didn't utilize this tool, what obviously there is a benefit, but can you explain that benefit just a little bit more?
2: Well, you could just continue, I could just continue to own my property and not try to do any sort of... uh, work during my lifetime to change ownership title. I just let my will dictate who receives my real estate at my passing. You get that step up in basis from the date of purchase, lower value, all real estates, almost all real estate is appreciated in value now. So there's almost guaranteed to be a higher date of death value. That would happen through the probate process as well. Um, However, it does require going to court. That's what probate is, as opposed to just um, letting the life estate deed is an
1: attempt
2: at avoiding probate. Gotcha.
1: Are there different types of life estates?
2: In Temp C, we really just have a life estate deed. There are um, a few states that have an enhanced life estate and they refer to that as a ladybird deed. Um, It does not really apply in our state.
1: Okay. So, each, each state has its own rules and regulations about how life estates work?
2: About how almost everything works, including life estates, yes.
1: So, is a life estate also subject to the five-year look back for Medicaid purposes?
2: It is because um, with a life estate, you are giving away a remainder interest. So, that remainder interest has value to it. And when you give away something of value during uh, the five years or 60 months prior to applying for Medicaid, uh, they would they would certainly look at that. Likewise, your life estate, the portion that you retain, there's a table, um, um, yeah, a real math table that you use. And so depending on how old the person is that owns the real estate that would be retaining the life estate um, would matter in terms of calculating how how much the life estate is valued at, and how much the remainder interest is valued at. Um, so you just pull out this little table. I keep it in my notebook all the time because it, it really does come into play frequently. But let's say, at my age, we, we, you know, I've been using me as the example. At my age, if I wanted to give away a piece of property and met, put my children on as the remainder owners, my life estate would still be worth more than 75% of the total property. And that's because I'm 58 years old. And so it's not that I'm not giving away that much. So the value of what you're giving away that would be subject to the 10 care look back rule and hence calculating the penalty period that it imposes varies according to the age of the life estate Holder.
1: So, are there some alternatives to a life estate? There are
2: alternatives to a life estate, and that is usually what we we recommend because it is more protective. But we recommend the alternative, which is using a trust. Now, um, part of the benefit of using a life estate deed is a probate avoidance mechanism so are trusts. Uh, there are different types depending on what other goals other than probate avoidance uh, you would be looking for with your estate plan. But a lot of times we're looking at an irrevocable trust that's still a grantor trust and that means something for tax purposes so that you're giving away your remainder interest, you retain the right of use and enjoyment and the obligation of um, repair and maintenance, including taxes. Um, So, we would recommend an irrevocable trust. Still, the the big advantage there is not only do we have um, probate avoidance, we have asset protection and That Asset protection can become very valuable, Um, the more people you add to the title of your home, the potential um, of creditors that could be attached to your home also increases, and you would get some protection in an irrevocable trust from that.
1: Okay, so I guess there are pros and cons to everything that you choose. Uh, Why would someone choose a life estate over an an irrevocable trust or vice versa?
2: Well, I think sometimes um, you would choose that if, one, your overall estate plan goals did not involve um, contemplation of a, a sale of property, Uh, In an irrevocable trust, if your property was sold, the um, proceeds netted would stay in the irrevocable trust. And once you get past that five-year look back are not subject to spend down, whereas if you just had a life estate, even if you were past the the five-year look back and the house was sold, then money's going to be divided between the life estate holder and the remainder beneficiary, so potentially subject to a state recovery, I mean, not a state recovery, but spend down. Mm. So so, I, um, so that might be one of the downsides of using a life estate. Again, the, the not having the creditor protection associated with the irrevocable trust and if any of the remainder um, interest holders or the remaindermen Uh, divorce or get in bankruptcy. It potentially pulls that house into it. Um, You know, there can be some complications, but there are some that are also associated with an irrevocable trust. You know, maybe now we can no longer borrow against the property because a third party lender is not going um, to to lend money to a trust. It's like a reverse mortgage because it no longer really belongs to the elder. So every, every action is going to have some rewards, some purpose for using it, but also some potential downsides. Part of the reason why it's important to talk to your elder law attorney about what's really going to work uh, for you in your life
1: Right, it sounds really complicated. I know that sometimes people just want to do oh what their neighbor did or what have you, but I guess the the benefit of going to a professional is you really get educated on the pros and cons of each choice.
2: And what and what's going to meet most of your goals. That there may be a perfect plan for you, but there may just be a plan that's going to meet more of the goals, check more of the boxes. Uh, one over the other. A life estate may be less expensive to create than a trust would. That could be a pro and a a con both, uh, depending on how you look at it, but it may not meet all the needs that you have for your estate plan.
1: Right. Well, I think you've covered uh, most of our topics today. Is there anything else you want to add? No, thanks, Dana. Okay, so that's it for today's episode. And thank you all for listening. Take us McGinnis is a life care planning law firm helping families respond to the legal and financial challenges caused by chronic illness or disability of an elderly loved one. Join us next week for another episode of Aging Starts Now.
0: Thank you for listening to the Aging Starts Now podcast. For more information about today's show, visit tn-elderlaw.com, click on the free resources tab, and then click on aging starts now. You'll find the show notes there. And while you're at it, why not check out all the free resources available at tn-elderlaw.com document downloads the take us mcginnis blog educational videos informative articles helpful links a tv show and more it's all there free for the taking if you enjoy listening to the aging starts now podcast please subscribe rate the show or leave us a review it's easy to do on whatever app you use to listen we would love your feedback on the show aging starts now We'll be back next week with more candid discussions about challenges created by aging, disability, and unexpected illness.